I really love the Lord of the Rings series. And in the Two Towers, the middle book of those three, there's a scene I especially enjoy. The heroes are pressed up inside the keep of Helm's Deep. And if you've read the books, you know what that is. If you don't, it doesn't really matter. Here's the situation. There's an army trying to break down the door. In the movie version, King Theoden turns to Aragorn absolutely distraught. He doesn't know what to do. The odds are too long. The hope is too slim. He's tried his best to save what he can of his people, but it's not going to work. What would you have me do? He asks. Ride out and meet them, Aragorn responds. It plays out a little bit differently in the book, but the general feel of the scene is the same. We're about to go down, but if this is the end, we're going to go down swinging. We have seen the enemy and we are prepared to meet them. I thought about that scene a lot this week. The Packers also find themselves backed into a corner. Since their bye week, they've lost three of four games, and each of those losses has been a different kind of disappointing. Ty Montgomery fumbled away a close game against the Rams. The Patriots handled the Packers easily down the stretch. Then the Packers got in their own way against the Seahawks. Now they need to more or less win six straight or get some serious help if they're going to make the playoffs. Every game from here on out is pretty much a must-win. And as they prepare for their first must-win game, you have to wonder what the attitude is like in the Packers' locker room. Have they resigned themselves to their fate? Is anyone already making off-season plans? Maybe a few are thinking about their impending free agency. Or are they saying, yes, let's ride out and meet them. Let's take the fight to our opponent this week, next week, and every week. I hope it's the second one, because even as a fan... I'm not comparing myself to an NFL athlete. There's something exciting about the playoffs essentially starting now. And how the Packers respond to this situation is going to tell us a lot about them. The symbolism of this game is absolutely phenomenal. The Packers are returning to the place where last season and really everything since then began to unravel. They go there knowing they need to win or their season essentially comes to an end. Short of a playoff game, that's about as good as it gets. I hope the Packers are ready to ride out and meet the Vikings on Sunday. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58. I trust you had an excellent Thanksgiving and are now listening to this podcast as you go about some wonderful Black Friday shopping. As you do so, here are five things for you to think about during Sunday's game. Number one, the Vikings made the ultimate splash move in the offseason when they signed Kirk Cousins to a then record-setting $84 million contract, all of it guaranteed. The thinking behind the signing was clear. We need a quarterback to contend, and if Cousins is at least as good as he was in Washington, that'll be good enough. Well, half of that equation has been almost exactly true. Kirk Cousins is basically the same as he was during his three years or during his last three years in Washington. Those three seasons, he completed 67% of his passes, threw touchdowns on 4.8% of his passes, and was intercepted on 2.1% of his passes, all for a passer rating of 97.5. This year, Cousins is completing more passes and throwing slightly fewer interceptions, leading to a slightly higher passer rating of 99.3. But he's also throwing fewer touchdowns. More importantly, the Vikings are just 5-4-1. and one and Cousins has come up small in losses to the Bears and to the Bills. 
Number two, on the other sideline, Aaron Rodgers' struggles, or maybe perceived struggles, have been well documented this year, but he's been excellent in one area. Rodgers, as ever, refuses to throw interceptions. He's thrown just one in 385 attempts so far this year and is the only quarterback in NFL history to throw that few interceptions in that many attempts. And bear this in mind, his one pick this year was on a tipped pass. Number three, though other issues with scoring points have grabbed more attention, we can't forget that Mason Crosby has not come through for the Packers in a couple key spots this year. He's missed just six field goals on the season, but all six of those misses arguably had significant consequences. The Packers lost by three last week in a game where Crosby missed a very makeable field goal early, and his four misses against the Lions all but took the Packers out of contention. But the kick that definitively cost the Packers a win came against the Vikings. On an 80-degree day with minimal wind, Crosby failed to convert a 52-yard field goal on the final play of regulation. The Packers and Vikings ultimately tied in overtime. Number four, Dalvin Cook is the big ticket item in the Packers' offensive backfield, other than Kirk Cousins, of course. But don't sleep on Latavius Murray. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry on 96 runs this year, the most he's averaged per carry since his rookie season. His last two weeks haven't been all that special, but on the whole, he's been effective this season. And number five, the Minnesota Vikings have done well to lock up their defensive core, especially their stars. But even on a team with Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Linval Joseph, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, and Sheldon Richardson, there's always room for new stars to take on bigger roles. Enter Danelle Hunter, who the Vikings resigned this year to a five-year, $72 million deal, extending him out from his rookie contract. And all he's done since signing that deal is make it look like a bargain. He opened the season with eight sacks in the Vikings' first seven games and has 11 and a half so far this year. He is definitely someone the Packers need to watch closely. On the Packers' side, who could be an X-factor this week? Well, the Packers' pass-catching core is a pretty well-known commodity by this point of the year, but Newface could be playing a bigger role. With Jimmy Graham limited... It's possible we may finally see Robert Tanyan get some significant reps. Made the most of his one target last week, and with Mercedes Lewis, a limited player at this point of his career, and Lance Kendricks essentially working like a fullback, it could be time for Tanyan to get a real look. With the Packers' backs collectively against the wall, getting help from an unexpected source would be a very big benefit. What happened the last time the Packers and Vikings played? Well, the Packers and Vikings tied the last time out, but the pa- the Packers really did the Vikings a few big favors. First, there was the Clay Matthews roughing the passer penalty. Not so much a favor by the Packers in and of itself, but what happened after that certainly was. The entire defense seemed to fall apart. Kentrell Bryce, for instance, took a real bad angle on a touchdown pass, and then the offense didn't really salt things away when they could have. Then Mason Crosby missed the game-winning field goal, as we discussed earlier. All in all, it was a game the Packers really deserved to lose, and they should have counted themselves lucky to escape with a 29-29 tie. So who's going to win? Well, there are head picks and there are heart picks. In my head, the Vikings are the better team. They just are. They should handle the Packers. But like the Packers, they're also hugely inconsistent and have wallowed through a disappointing season so far. The Packers have to win this game and every other game on their schedule to make it to the playoffs. And if there's any fumes remaining from the running of the table in 2016, now would be a really good time for them to ignite. 
My heart says they can do it. I don't have a lot of evidence for this. I really don't truly have any evidence at all for this. But in my heart, I believe that something can come together for one last run. I think it can be done, at least for one week. They may fall apart next week or the week after, but I think for one week the Packers are going to give themselves hope. Give me the Packers in a nail-biter, 31-30, to 30, the final. One last thought. Calling back to the running of the table stretch in 2016 one last time, the last game the Packers played before starting their run that season was a nationally televised, televised loss to the Washington Redskins. Aaron Rodgers put up good stats in that game, but the Packers ultimately came up short thanks to a Jared Cook fumble late and the defense just falling apart as they so often did in the late Dom Capers era. Kirk Cousins made some good plays for the Redskins when he had the opportunity as well. But the next week, the Packers kind of put things together in another nationally televised game and they were officially off on their run. Now the Packers are again coming off a nationally televised loss. And in that loss, Aaron Rodgers put up some big numbers, though maybe slightly hollow. But the team as a whole came up short when it mattered most, and the Packers lost. Now they are headed into another nationally televised game with their season on the line. And Aaron Rodgers says they need a galvanizing moment. If it's going to happen, now is the time. Let's hope we see it on Sunday night. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you after the game. Let's hope the Packers can come out on top and get this thing really rolling as they try to head towards the playoffs. Because you never know, if they make it to the playoffs, weird things can happen. I've been your host, John Meerdink. Thank you for listening. Blue, 58, hit, hit.